a year where it's kind of like a fresh beginning and a new thing. And um, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, day one at school, certainly in this school, which uh, I had the privilege of being a part of teaching for, for a while, uh, on the first day of school, there's usually a good pep talk. And children, you'll know this because it's common if you haven't already had it. And it kind of goes along the lines of, you know, this is a new year. Okay, so forget what was written, the bad stuff on the report from last year. Draw a line. This is a new year. And they talk about uh, lots of different things to try and G them up and encourage them to really make a difference and work super hard and lots of different things. There's lots of things that are covered in that pep talk. And I'm going to do it this morning, but I'm going to put a spin on it and kind of do it as if it's to us, the grown-ups and the young people for us as church. I hope that you kind of see the funny side to it and that it doesn't come across patronizing or too patronizing. So here we go. Um, the first one is attendance. You talk, to, you, you talk to kids and you're like, come on. In, in this school, they talk about having a really high 90-something to 100% attendance. It's important to be in school, to learn. Of course it is. And, uh, and to us folks, it's important that we're in church, attending church and gathering together is important. In Hebrews, it says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When Sunday approaches and you're feeling tired and you've had a busy week, and maybe it's raining, and you're just like, will we go? You need to win the battle of the bed sheets and get out, get dressed, and get in the church for 10.30. <laughs> it's important that we meet together, isn't it? And, uh, and many of you, you know that's a no-brainer. But here is another thing. As I was preparing this, I kind of just had this thought, and I think it was the Lord. You, you, you know in life, when, when life is tough, and it's really tough, and you're, you're, you're in a bad one, you're having a bad one, you're having a bad moment, or a bad season, and it's rough. Very often in those seasons, personally experiencing this, and knowing that many of you have experienced this, very often what we want to do, and what we feel like we want to do, is just retreat. And go into yourself and run away, and close the door. And that's often the way that we're feeling. And the enemy, I think, loves to make us want to do that, and make that choice. When actually the right choice, and the healthy choice, even though it's difficult, is to run to community. Is to run into the house of the Lord, and be there, and be safe, and be with each other. And so I would encourage you, in those seasons, in those moments, is, is be here. And it's not just here on a Sunday. This isn't it. It's the other things that we do, we're going to talk about, we have talked about, and we often talk about. But it's being in community with one another. Being prepared. Being prepared. Um, many of our children will be going to school with a new bag, with pencil case and all the nice things and brand new uniform and the shirt and the tie and brand new shoes or whatever it might be and they're all ready to go and, and likewise it's important that we come to church or to wherever just prepared and ready 
That's why I did that at the beginning of the service this morning. Many folks here come prepared. The guys have been leading worship. They, during the week, they're practicing. During the week, they know what songs are coming, and they're playing their instruments, they're preparing. But more than that, they're preparing their hearts, and they prepare themselves. And come and as you come to church on Sundays, come prepared to meet with the living God. I was thinking about this. You know, we talk about in church, don't we, about having to wear our Sunday best, you know, the suit and, and what have you. And I, th- this is not, I'm not dissing that kind of church at all. Hear me out on that, please. Um, but the, the argument that's often used there is, well, if you were going to meet the queen, you would be dressed up, right? Which we would be. And we, we choose just our genre or our, the, our style or the way that we do it, that, that we that we come as we are, wearing a <laughs> running t-shirt this morning. And that's just that. But I would say this. We're coming to meet the living God. And we come expectant. We come prepared, ready, ready to meet with the one. And, uh, and that's that. Here we are, next one. Hard work. Kids. I'm going to look at the front row here. You know, kids, growing up kids, nearly grown up, some grown up kids. There's Aaron on the end. Here, <laughs> here, he's an adult. Um, hard work. It's going to be hard work. Be prepared for it, as it is. And um, and what I've put here for us is sacrifice. It's sacrifice. Being a disciple of Jesus. We're going to be talking about that a whole lot more over the next few weeks. It's about sacrifice. It's going to cost us. Literally laying down our lives to follow our king costs us. There's a wonderful passage in Chronicles. You can find it in Samuel as well. When the most incredible thing has happened and God says to David, I want you to build an altar where you are right here in this field. And uh, so he approaches the guy who owns the land and he says, I want to buy the land from you to build this altar, to mark what God has done here in this place. And the, the guy, the farmer dude or whoever owns the land basically says, no, you can have it, you can have it. In fact, have all the animals and all the rest that go along with it. You can have that. And David says to him, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. Being a follower of Jesus costs us everything. And sacrifice is um, a part and parcel of being a committed follower of Jesus. Homework. It's not enough for kids to simply learn what they're taught. You're meant to go home and learn and relearn what's kind of been done in, in the classroom. And for us, that's devotion. It's not enough simply to come and sit and be part of church and listen to, to whatever's being spoken of. It requires dedication and commitment, time uh, at home, be it uh, in your room at home, be it in the car driving to work, be it out on your run, be it walking the dog, wherever it is, wherever you find that place where you spend time with Jesus, and however you do that, through simply being in his presence and not speaking a word, or wherever it's praying and writing and journaling, or opening the scriptures, or reading Christian books, or listening to worship CDs, or fasting, or whatever it is that you do, or a combination, hopefully, of a number of those, 
that we do, that we do uh, on our own. Only you can do that. We can't do that. We can't do that for each other, but it's only what we get to do by ourselves. Get involved. In school here, there are loads and loads of groups that you can join. We call them extracurricular activities. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Or after-school clubs is easier. And we encourage kids, get involved. There's so much that you can do, and that's absolutely right. And I'm going to say to you folks, get involved. Get stuck in. Join a life group and commit to it. I heard a wonderful story uh, through someone, one of you, uh, early in the week, and was just telling about... Uh, really great things from, from Michael and Hazel's group that you guys faithfully led through the summertime, which many of you committed to during the summer. And I heard just some great stories of what the Lord was doing there. But I heard this story that sort of said, I need to get along to that group. I need to commit to group because Sunday isn't enough for me. I need group as well to keep me going and to keep me away from the, the temptations of this life I need to be committed in group. And I would urge you, urge you to choose one and commit to that. And as well as that is get involved in serving. Many of you, I look out and I, I love you and I love what you do in terms of serving uh, other people, the body of Christ. And if you're not yet helping on a regular basis, uh, I'd encourage you to do that. And if you're not sure, come grab one of us. And uh, we will help steer you in the right direction. Behaviour. Harry. You need to be well behaved this year at school, son. You are well behaved. All those detentions. I'm only joking. I'm totally joking. Totally, utterly joking. Totally. Yeah, I know you're a good lad. But it's often one of those things, isn't it? I look out and know a number of you folks are teachers. And it's, it's, the, it's the thing. It's like, you know. And, and we, we tell kids to be well behaved and we have sanctions and good behavioural policies and all the rest. Really good ways to really help promote positive behaviour and that's absolutely right that that happens. But it needs to kind of come from within. And children like us grown-ups, we do stupid things and we say stupid things that we would rather not do. Paul writes this in Romans it's so helpful, it's so freeing. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For, what, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. It's like we can try and steer behaviour, and we can promote behaviour, but at the end of the day, unless God changes us from the inside, it ain't going to change. I hate the, nor I've said this before, i say it again, I hate the Northern Irishism phrase of good living. Oh, you're, I, I remember, I remember being, so I was only here a few months, and someone said to me, oh, you're good living, aren't you? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. well, what does that mean? And, uh, and, and it's like, you know, we know, those of us who've been hanging around us long enough, that's not what it's about. It's not about behavioral modification. It's about allowing God to change us from the inside out. I remember being a Christian, 16, 17, 18 years of age, and before then, doing stuff I'm not proud of. But no one ever said, Paul, you should stop doing that. 
you should be doing this instead. No one actually sat me down or made me feel guilty about bad behavior. But what I found is as I grew closer to Jesus and intimacy and relationship with him, he changed me from the inside. And those other things which seemed desirable became less desirable. The closer we are to him, the more like him we become. And that's how behavior changes. Every school has a uniform. And uh, I couldn't find the first year one of me. Well, I could, but it was so bad I wasn't showing it, to be honest. Not that my fifth year one's any better. And uh, that is Chantel. And we couldn't find a BRA one. Well, your dad couldn't email me one. So, uh, so that's primary school. Is that Whitehead Primary? There we are. Confession time. I'm looking for honesty amongst you here right now. <laughs> yeah, that got your intention. <laughs> Put your hand up if you took a photograph of your child already and posted it on Facebook in their new uniform. Go. Is that all? Oh, come on. There's more of you. No? No? Oh, this week? There'll be a few more going up this week. <laughs> It's important to look smart in the uniform and all the rest that we talked about. And I'm just glad, aren't you glad, that we come as you are. We come as we are. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. New season, it's a new term. And, do you know, one of the words I, I just thought of as I was, as I was preparing was, it was intentional it's kind of quite a buzzword in the ranks of the church at the minute about being intentional. And actually, it's quite a good one, really. You know, we can sit here and go, oh, that's a few niceties, like probably kids do when they hear their teachers talking about all those things. But I'd really encourage you, be intentional. This is a new season. Um, it's just popped into my head, so I'll share it with you. Um, I... I this is not going to come to a surprise to many of you. I don't really like studying. I, I, I'm a doer. I'm a, I enjoy doing. I'm a kinesthetic learner. I don't like books so much. And I don't like, but I know I have to. I know I have to. Because if I don't, I have nothing else really to say. And, um, and so, so this term, I intend to, I've begun the process, I intend to sign up with, it's called Vineyard Institute. Uh, used to be called Vineyard Bible or yeah, Bible Institute, and I'm going to do some studying, which doesn't come naturally to me, uh, but I'm going to do that as part of being intentional about learning myself, understanding the scriptures better. You're all thinking, happy days, he's going to teach something decent now. <laughs> My goodness, all that waffle. You're not meant to be laughing that much, Ruth. Um, and so, so that, that's part of my ongoing professional development. I have to do that, you know. And so, thank you. And, and, and I'm encouraging other folks, you know, what is it that God is speaking to you about, about being intentional, stuff that, that you know is going to make a difference. Julie Burgess spoke about three or four weeks ago, and she said this, something like this, small changes or small things have an impact big impact a big impact and 
It was during the same week I'd read this analogy of a compass which got my attention because I love maps and compasses and geeky things like that. And the thing is, if you set a compass only one degree difference to what the bearing that you're meant to be walking on, one degree difference and you go on that bearing, after a while of walking in that direction, it will take you to a different place than where you were headed. And just one small change, one small thing can make a big difference as time goes on. I'd encourage you to do that. Our guys are going to come. They're going to lead. They're going to finish with some worship. And then we're done. So that's that. Afterwards, we're going to have coffee and uh, donuts, the usual thing. Uh, but we do need to be out here sharpish. Um, some of the children are running at one o'clock and, uh, and then we need to be down there for 1.45, folks. That would be great. Why don't we stand together?